Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapters 14 and 15 of New Moon, Family and Pressure. And I'm lumping these two together because they're both absolutely really boring. I'm just really getting sick of Bella's inner monologue. And I know that's how these books are written, but she's just, for large chunks of these two chapters, just walking around on a beach by herself thinking about shit and she's always thinking about how she doesn't want to get other people in trouble just let them put themselves at risk to help you out you're in a pinch let your friends help you out if i was bella i'd be like oh thank god werewolves are here to protect me go and kill victoria have fun get the job done but she's like oh they're gonna get hurt like like who cares bella she's so self-centered but she's also so selfless it's insufferable so remember last chapter she caught up with jacob And she's like, how could you do it? How could you kill people? And he's like, I don't kill people. And she was like, oh, great, cool. That's the short version of events. When in reality, it was pages and pages of back and forth dialogue. And now Jacob has called the rest of the pack and they're going to meet Bella because she's got the intel on the bloodsuckers. So they come out of the forest and it wasn't what she was expecting. They were just four really big half naked boys. So she's living my high school fantasy. (laughs) Tell you what, can't tell you how many times I stayed up at night thinking, gee, I wish four big half naked boys would come out of the forest, but here she is living that life. God damn her. And she says they reminded her of brothers, more like quadruplets because they all looked the same. They had the same red brown skin, Mm, the same cropped black hair, the same expression, the same muscles, blah, blah, blah. And they notice Bella and they're like, oh God, Jacob, what have you done? Because he wasn't meant to tell her anything. So I guess they're pretty pissed off. And Jacob's like, she can help. And one of them's pretty angry. He's like, help? Oh, that's likely. I'm sure the leech lover is just dying to help us out. She refers to him as the angry boy, but I think his anger is justified. I mean, would you trust Bella Swan? You can't deny she is a leech lover. She, she dated a vampire. But Jacob's like, don't talk to her like that. And then Paul, Paul's the angry boy. He's starting to freak out. She says, a shudder rippled through the other boy along his shoulders and down his spine. How she can see the shudder, I don't know, but she sees it. And everyone else sees it. And they're like, Paul, relax. And one of the other boys is like, geez, get a grip, Paul. And he's muttering it. And Bella can also hear that, even though she's standing across, across from the forest. So maybe Bella's got superhero senses as well. So Paul's losing it. He's convulsing in rage. 
He's vibrating violently and he's fallen to the ground and then there's a loud ripping noise and the boy exploded. (laughs) He didn't actually explode, but dark silver fur blew out from the boy, coalescing into a shape more than five times his size, a massive crouch shape ready to spring. So he turned into a wolf. And so Jacob, he's running towards the wolf. And then she says, mid-stride, a long tremor shivered down Jacob's spine. So she's really noticing people's shivers. So then Jacob leaps headfirst into the empty air and he explodes. He bursts out of his skin and his pants get all ripped up. (laughs) And she says, oh, it would happen so quick. If I'd blinked, I would have missed it. Would you though, Bella? Would you have really blinked and missed it? And she says, one second it was Jacob, and there it was, a gigantic russet brown wolf. Oh, he's russet, is he? Bella is just the biggest dum-dum. She says, Jacob, and she staggers forward. Like, what, are you going to help him? What are you going to do, Bella? These are giant wolves. And Sam says, stay where you are, Bella. Uh, Sound advice, Sam. So they're fighting, they're clawing, they're snapping. Jacob seems to be bigger than the other wolf, so he's doing a bit better. And Sam says to the other boys, take her to Emily's. And Sam runs off after them as the wolves go back into the forest fighting along the way. And so she's left with the other two boys that haven't changed. And one of them starts laughing. And he's like, here's something you don't see every day. And she's like, oh, wait a minute. That's Ambry. She's like, oh, I know you. And the other boy is apparently called Jared. There's no introductions, but Bella just starts narrating. Jared said this, Jared grumbled that. So I guess she knows who he is. She, she's met Jared before, apparently. So Jared picks up a shoe and he's like, oh, look, shredded. Another pair down. That was Jacob's last pair. I guess he's going barefoot now. And he says that Billy can't afford any more shoes. Why are they walking around in shoes? Just go barefoot then, guys. You're supernatural beings now. You can get some calluses on your feet. But at least Jared starts picking up all the other bits and pieces of fabric and collects them to put in the trash because he doesn't want to litter in the forest, which is just very responsible of Jared. Um, He's my favorite member of the pack at this point in time. So the boys are bantering about how Bella looks like she wants to vomit and they're like, the wolf's out of the bag now. <laughs> Hilarious. And she's like, aren't you worried about them at all? And they're like, nah, <laughs> like, why would, why would we be worried? And then they take a bet on who's going to win the fight. And she's like freaking out about how they're going to get hurt. She's like, oh, poor Jacob is going to get hurt. Always with the getting hurt nonsense. Meanwhile, she's never cared about Jacob's safety before. She thinks riding bicycles are one of the most dangerous things she could do in Forks. And what does she do? She gets a best friend to ride a motorbike with her. So clearly she's willing to risk his life in that capacity. But when he's a wolf fighting another wolf, she's like, oh no, poor Jacob. Like, ugh. Spare me. So they drive to Emily's house. Embry drives because Bella still looks sick. And then they're making a bet over whether or not she'll vomit. These boys are fun. I quite like the pack. There's just something so fun about taking bets about things. But does anyone ever actually like make people pay up? I feel like that never happens. And on the way to Emily's, they're like, how did Jake get around the injunction? And she's like, the what? And they're like, oh, you know, the order not to speak. And she's like, oh, I guessed it. And they were like, okay, cool. And she's like, well, where are we going? And they say, oh, Emily's house. She's Sam's girlfriend. Well, fiance. And she's like, oh, does Emily know about dot, dot, dot? And they're like, yeah. So, okay, Sam's got no problem telling Emily. It's just Bella that he doesn't want to know the secret. Double standard. 
And one of them says, yeah, don't stare at her, by the way. That really bugs Sam. And she's like, well, why would I stare? And Embry says, well, hanging out around werewolves has its risks. And then he's like, oh, by the way, sorry, we killed your friend. (laughs) And she's like, oh, that wasn't my friend. That was just Laurent. It's so funny. They all think that she's friends with Laurent. And she's like, oh, he wasn't my friend. And one of them says, oh, that's good. We didn't want to start anything, you know, break the treaty. And she's like, oh yeah, the treaty. Why would killing Laurent break the treaty? And he's like, well, we were technically on Cullen turf. We're not allowed to attack any of them off of our land unless they break the treaty first. And they were like, it looks like he might've been a relative of theirs, kind of like you knew him, but we didn't know if you guys were friends, but we just decided to risk it and break the treaty anyway. (laughs) They're acting like they haven't broke the treaty, but they broke the treaty by killing Laurent. And I vaguely remember in the rest of these books being like, the treaty, they're going to break the treaty. The Cullens are going to turn Bella and break the treaty. And there's all this emphasis on like, oh no, the treaty's going to be broken. Then we can attack or we can't attack until the treaty's broken. I'm like, you've already broken it. The damage is done. So I guess I'll be leaving, you know, like get over it. The treaty is broken. Kill the Cullens when they come back. But I'm just projecting into the future. At this point in time, they're like, yeah, we kill Laurent. And she's like, oh, thanks. So they go to Emily's house and she says it was a tiny house that had once been gray. And now there's a blue door and a window with bright yellow and orange marigolds, giving the whole place a cheerful look. How do you know it was once gray, Bella? So she goes inside. There's Emily, a young woman with satiny copper skin. (sighs) Satiny copper skin. (sighs) And long, straight crow black hair. Crow black hair, like, okay. All right, she's popping big muffins out of a tin and placing them on a paper plate. And I guess Bella can only catch half of her and she's like, huh, she's so beautiful. But then she turned to face them full on with a smile on half of her face. And Bella's like freaking out because she looks like Two-Face from the Batman comics. And she says the right side of her face was scarred from hairline to chin by three thick red lines livid in color, though they were long healed. One line pulled down the corner of her dark almond shaped right eye. Another twisted the right side of her mouth into a permanent grimace. Ooh, poor thing. And Emily's like, who's this? And Jared's like, oh, that's Bella Swan. And she's like, oh, leave it to Jacob to find a way around. And then she stares at Bella and neither half of her once beautiful face was friendly. Wow, Bella is so judgmental. She can still be beautiful, Bella, her once beautiful face. Like, okay, who are you to judge beauty standards? You're not Tyra Banks. Oh, her once beautiful face, you're self-described as plain. And I'm reading Midnight Sun right now and Edward thinks you're plain as well. He says there's nothing remarkable about your features. So maybe you should shut the fuck up and leave Emily alone. Once beautiful face, get fucked. So she's got a bit of scarring. That's fine. Get over it. It's not your problem. It's not your cross to bear, Bella Swan. Judgmental bitch. Anyway, she says, so you're the vampire girl. And Bella says, are you the wolf girl? And then they smile Uh and they laugh. Like they banter over loving supernatural monsters. So that's that. All the tension there is gone out the window. So Emily's like, all right, well, help yourself to some muffins. And the boys just start shoveling muffins down their throats. And Bella being Bella, she's just like nibbling on it. And she's like, oh, it's tasty. And I'm like, well, then eat it, Bella. You don't have to keep nibbling around the edges. 
And Emily's like, hey, save some for your brothers. And Bella's like, huh, brothers, what, a, what an odd choice, but okay, sure. And she says, Emily was mixing a humongous batch of eggs, several dozen in a big yellow bowl. Several dozen eggs. Now, how many is that? Is that like 70 eggs? Several dozen. I mean, how much would you say several? That's like more than three, right? Because then you'd say like three dozen eggs. I mean, several dozen. I think she's making a batch of 70 eggs. Very over the top. How does this poor girl afford to feed all of these werewolves? But while she's doing that, Bella's just examining all the scars, which extend down to her arm and the back of her right hand. So, so much for not staring, Bella. And then Sam comes back with Paul and Jacob and Sam's like, ah, Emily. And he walks over and scoops Emily into a kiss and he kisses her scars before he kissed her lips, which I don't know about that. And then Jared's like, hey, I'm eating. And Sam says, then shut up and eat, Sam suggested, kissing Emily's ruined mouth again. Ruined mouth? Bella, you are a horrible person. Ruined mouth. Get fucked. I mean, it's only half ruined. And then I guess Bella starts feeling bad because she's looking at their romance and their love that's just so open and true. And she's folding her arms across her chest because of the hole in her heart or some bullshit. And then she notices that Jacob and Paul are laughing as they come inside. And she's like, oh my God, they're like besties. That's weird. I thought they were just fighting. And Jacob's like, oh, hey, Bells, as he grabs two muffins. I was like, okay, way to be casual. (laughs) And she's like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm doing all right. Good muffins. And then she's nibbling on a muffin again. Just eat the fucking muffin. And then Embry's happy because he's won the bet because Paul has a scratch on him. And Jacob's like, I barely touched him. He'll be perfect by sundown. And she's like, by sundown? She's like, huh, the scars already look like they're weeks old. And it's like, yeah, Bella, they're werewolves. There must be some perks to being werewolves and tearing up all your clothes all the time. This is, this is the upside. So then Emily's at the stove scraping the egg mixture around a big skillet. And it must be a really big skillet because I think there's like 70 eggs in there. That's a lot of eggs. And Sam's like, hey, everyone, listen up. Jacob has some information for us. And Jacob's like, I know what the redhead wants. She's trying to avenge her mate. Only it wasn't the blackhead leech we killed. The Cullens got her mate last year and she's after Bella now. And everyone's staring at Bella with open mouth surprise. And Embry's like, she's just a girl. And yes, and as everyone in improv sketch comedy will tell you, Embry, yes, and. And Jacob says, I didn't say it made sense, but that's why the bloodsucker's been trying to get past us. She's been heading for Forks. And they're all like, oh, wow. How about that? So Victoria's just been like trying to sneak past them to get to Forks. And they've been stopping her like, bitch, go around. Go around. She's lazy is what she is. If she keeps trying to find a shortcut through La Push to get to Forks, just travel east for a bit, run down, go west. There you are. Like, it's not that hard. I mean, they're on a coast, charter a boat, get your boat license and drive a boat down to Forks. Like, what's what's your problem here? So Jared's like, great, we've got bait. We can get Victoria. And Jacob's like throwing a can opener at him, being like, Bella's not bait. So Sam's like, we'll change our patterns, try a few holes, see if she falls for it. We'll have to split up. I don't know why, but I'll just take his word for it. Embry says, Quill's got to be close to joining us. Then we'll be able to split evenly. And everyone looks down and I guess in trepidation because they're like, oh, our poor friend. And I'm like, you can call him and give him the heads up. I mean, if you know it's going to happen, just call him. Just say, hey, 
hey Quill, hate to break it to you, bud, but some shit's going to go down, but we're here for you. Like, is it that hard? And so the plan is for Bella to hang out and La Push as much as she can. And Charlie's going to be watching the football with Billy. So there's that problem solved. And she is a bit worried about Jacob going patrolling, like, ugh. And Sam's like, would you feel safe staying in the push? And she's like, where else am I going to go? She said, I don't want to get Renee into danger. I don't want to lead Victoria anywhere else. And Sam's like, yep, cool. Let's get her here. And then we can end this. But then, yeah, as I said, she's worried about Jake. And she says to Jacob, you'll be careful, right? And everyone laughs at her because it's hilarious. Except for Emily. Emily didn't laugh because she gets it because she's also worried about Sam. And I'm like, Emily, I'd be more worried about yourself. He's already mauled you once. And then she's like, food's ready. And then they ate a buffet sized pan of eggs. 70 eggs. Good for Emily for turning around 70 eggs that quick. Get her a sous chef position at a casino. She's a talented little chef. I mean, the conversation hasn't been going that long. She turned those eggs around real quick. Michelin star speed in Emily's kitchen. And then she spends the day in La Push hanging out at Billy's house. Billy is very forgiving to have her over. And then Charlie shows up with some pizzas. Boring, boring, boring. So then her and Charlie go home that night and Jacob's like, don't worry, we got this. And when they get home, Charlie's like, Bella, what the hell's up? I thought Jacob was part of a gang and you two were fighting. And she's like, oh, we made up. And he's like, well, what about the gang? And she's like, I don't know, teenage boys, they're a mystery. Sam and Emily, they seem great. And Charlie's just like, huh, okay. Whereas if I was Charlie, I'd be like, listen here, you little bitch. I put my neck out for you. I made all these reports that there was a gang up in La Push. I jeopardized my friendship with Billy because I thought his, his son was terrorizing people in a cult. All because of your little tip off. And here you are acting like it's nothing. I would have said, go to your room, Bells. But instead, Charlie's like, oh, they're fiancés now. That's nice. Poor girl, that Emily. And she's like, oh, do you know what happened to her? And he says, mauled by a bear up north during salmon spawning season. Horrible accident. It was more than a year ago now. I heard Sam was really messed up over it. Okay, a salmon spawning season accident. I mean, you can't make that shit up. I'd believe that too. Like, of course that sounds real. Mauled by a bear during salmon spawning season. Like, get out. (laughs) And Charlie is just like the worst police officer in the world. Like we've established that already. He's too gullible for his job, but he's like, yep, mauled by a bear. Salmon spawning season. You know how it is. Happens all the time. And I'm like, mate, are you not even going to investigate the possibility that this might be a DV incident? Because it is. I mean, he, he mauled his girlfriend. Like that's pretty terrible. And everyone's like, oh, poor Sam. He feels so bad about it. And they bring it up again in the next chapter being like, oh, Sam must've felt bad every time he looked at Emily's face. How do you think Emily feels? She must be feeling pretty shit too because he mauled her face. So then she goes to bed and she's thinking, oh, about Edward again. She's like, oh, if Edward was a killer, would I still be in love with him? Am I really a hypocrite? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, the answer is yes, you are a hypocrite. But she, she makes peace with herself with some platitudes and then she goes to sleep. And when she dreams, she's in the forest again. Ah, this forest. But she's not wandering around. She's holding Emily's scarred hand. And they faced into the shadows and waited anxiously for their werewolves to come home. Like it's the civil war and that their men have gone off away. Ugh. That's the end of that chapter. Boring, right? And then we go to chapter 15, Pressure. And it's spring break and forks. And she just tells us how she's been spending all of her time in the push. 
She just hangs out at the beach alone while Jacob and the rest of the pack run around looking for Victoria. She does work at the Newton's store on Tuesday afternoon and Jacob followed her on his bike to make sure that she arrives safely. So again, she's fine with Jacob risking his life on that motorbike, but as soon as she steps on it, oh my God, there's Edward in her in her mind telling her to get off the bike, Bella. This is dangerous, Bella. But for Jacob, she's like, meh. And Mike's like, are you dating that kid from La Push? And she's like, no, he's just my friend. And Mike's like, don't kid yourself, Bella. That guy's head over heels for you. And well, that's the pot calling the kettle. Head over heels, isn't it? And Bella's like, oh, life is complicated. And Mike says, and girls are cruel under his breath. And is anyone else getting like pretty bad vibes from Mike Newton right now? Like that's a lot of aggression in the workplace. Women don't owe you anything. Uh, I, I think we need to keep an eye out on Mike. So then repetition, repetition, they're back at Billy's house. Emily brought over a cake that was apparently delicious. Wonder how many eggs were in it. And she says, any worries Charlie might've harbored about gangs in the push were being dissolved. And she says like, oh, any worries Charlie might've harbored. Like as if they're completely unfounded. She doesn't know where he got this idea that there was a gang in the push. You told him, Bells. You're the one that said there's a cult in the push. And she's like, silly Charlie, he's getting over that notion that there's a gang in the push. You came up with this. So then her and Jake, they hang out in the garage to get some privacy and they sit in the car and his skin is blazing. And she's like, oh, is this one of those werewolf things? And he's like, yep. Apparently he never gets cold anymore. He could stand in a snowstorm and it wouldn't bother him. The flakes would turn to rain where he stood. And he heals really fast, which is good because he couldn't go to a normal doctor because of his temperature. And she's like, oh yeah, I guess you couldn't. Is that why you're so worried about Quill? Because, you know, like you can't go see a doctor or anything. And he says, yep. And Quill's grandfather says that that kid could fry an egg on his forehead. And Jacob looks down hopeless being like, it won't be long now. And I'm like, well, then go and have a chat with him. And Jacob says, it won't be long now. There's no exact age. It just builds and builds. And then suddenly, and he says, sometimes if you get really upset or something that can trigger it early. And he says with him, he was happy, but then his father said something to him. He just looked at him weird and he snapped and he said he almost ripped Billy's face off. But did you notice how we said almost? (laughs) Almost ripped his face off and didn't. So Sam, maybe, maybe you could have a bit of self-control and just be careful around Emily, perhaps. They're all acting like, oh, it's so hard. Sometimes you just get so angry. You can't control your actions. And you can't be held responsible for your actions, but he mauled her. And Bella says, what's the hardest part? And he says, oh, feeling out of control, feeling like I can't be sure of myself, like I'm a monster who might hurt somebody. You've seen Emily. Sam lost control of his temper for just one second and she was standing too close. Don't blame her. Do not victim blame Emily. And he says, I hear his thoughts. I know how Sam feels. I know what it feels like. So at least he feels bad, guys. At least he feels bad. And then Jacob says it's easier to be a wolf for him because it's in his blood, because his father's grandfather and his mother's grandfather were both part of the original pack. Or not the original pack, the last pack. I don't know how many packs there's been. And also Quill's great-grandfather is the same as his mother's grandfather, making them second cousins. Who cares? So there's, there's a family tree. I don't care. 
but he says it's in my blood on both sides. I never had a chance. Just like Quill doesn't have a chance. So break it to him early. What is all this pussyfooting about isolating Quill before the biggest change to happen in his life? Why you got to play him like that? And she's like, oh, well, what's the best part? And he's like, oh, the speed. We get to go so fast. And then he says, well, tell me something I don't know about like vampires. Didn't it creep you out being with them? And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, all right. Well, why did your bloodsucker kill that James anyway? And it's hilarious because I think he's saying your bloodsucker because he knows she doesn't like hearing the word Edward. So he says bloodsucker instead, like that's any better. (laughs) You could have said biology partner. Maybe just say biology partner, prom date. Remember when Edward took Bella to prom against her will? That was fucked up. That was so fucked up. She didn't want to go, Edward. Oh, that's in the past. I've got to move on. But sometimes I just remember things that Edward has done. And I'm like, that's abusive. Anyway, she's like, yeah, James was trying to kill me. He got really close, blah, blah, blah. He looks at the scar on her hand and he's like, ah, okay. So James bit her and he's like, huh, okay. Well, shouldn't you be a vampire? And he's like, nah, Edward sucked the venom out. Plot, plot, plot. But that freaks Jacob out and he starts twitching and his whole body is trembling. So I guess he's angry. I don't know why he's so angry that Edward saved her life by sucking the venom out. Maybe he's angry at James. Maybe it's just misplaced anger about everything. Anyway, he's freaking out and he's going to maul her face any moment. And he says, calm me down. Tell me something else. Give me something else to think about. And she does that thing being like, oh, well, what do you want to know? And I'm like, bitch, say anything else. Stop asking questions. And he's like, I don't know. Just tell me what the other talents are that the Cullens have. And I'm thinking, oh, Jacob, you cunning little brat. Jacob just wanted this info and Bella didn't want to give it up. So Jacob's like pretending to tremble and to be about to turn into a werewolf just to get the info out of Bella. He's a genius. Well played, well played, clap, clap, clap. And she says, I spoke quickly. The image of Emily's ruined face in my mind. (laughs) Ruined face, again, it's half ruined. It's not full ruined. And she says, Jasper could control emotions of people around him. Not in a bad way, just to calm someone down, that kind of thing. I think she's being a bit limiting to Jasper. I feel like he could probably make people feel other emotions, not just calm. He probably could use it for bad emotions as well. And then she says, Alice could see things that were going to happen, the future, but not absolutely. Things would change when someone changed the path they were on. And I'm like, okay, you really accepted that line of bullshit, Bella. (laughs) Alice is useless. And Alice came up with an excuse being like, oh, it depends on people's decisions. And Bella just went with it and believed her. Alice is just a shit fortune teller. That's what she is. And then she thinks about how Alice had had a vision of Bella being a vampire and she starts hugging herself because of the wound. And Jacob's like, why are you doing that? Why are you hugging herself? It's so annoying. And she's like, oh, I didn't even notice I do that when I'm upset. I just don't like thinking about them. It's like, I can't breathe, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, sorry, Bells. I won't bring it up again. So that's that convo. And then she just tells us about how she's spending all this time on the beach, all this time thinking to herself out on the beach while they're off running, hunting down Victoria. And I was like, babe, just get Netflix. Pop season five of Friends into the DVD and sit back and relax. Why are you wandering up and down a cold beach? And because of all the honesty with Jacob, the Cullens are on the forefront of her brain, which they always are, Bella. You're not fooling me. But no, she's just spending too much time alone on the beach thinking about the Cullens, basically. So at one point she can't breathe. So she sits down on a patch of semi-dry rocks and curled up in a ball. Semi-dry rocks. 
Just like how Emily's face is semi-ruined, they're semi-dry. And Jacob finds her when she's curled up in a ball. She's so dramatic. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry about ruining your spring break and blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, ah, I got it. A way to cheer you up. Let's go cliff diving. And she's like, what? I can't. And he's like, I promise to take you cliff diving, remember? Let's do it. And she's like, oh, okay, sure. Sounds fun. And she's only agreeing because she wants to hear Edward's voice. She says, that was part of the problem. I was addicted to the sound of my delusions. It made things worse if I went too long without them. Jumping off a cliff seems like a good idea to get the voice back in her head. Because the voice only talks when she's in extreme danger. And yet, the voice didn't say anything when Jacob was sitting next to her in a parked car in a garage about to turn into a werewolf and maul her face to pieces. There was no be careful Bella warning. So she says, yep, tomorrow let's cliff dive because I want to hear the dumb voice in my dumb head. So she's actually getting a bit excited for it. The next day she goes up to Jacob's house and Billy's there and he says, come in Bella. And he's at the kitchen table eating cold cereal. Cereal is usually cold, right? Like I I feel like she didn't need to specify that it's cold cereal. Kind of assumed that unless it's porridge. I don't think people eat hot cereal, do they? If you eat hot cereal, let me know. I would be shocked, but let me know. And she's like, is Jake sleeping, is he? And he's like, nah, something's happened. They found a fresh trail. So they've all taken off to track her in the mountains. They think they have a good chance to finish it. And she's like, oh no, Billy, oh no. And he's laughing, being like, calm down. She's like, don't make jokes, Billy. This is too scary. And he's like, yeah, it's tricky, but it's fine. It's not as dangerous for them as you think it is. They know what they're doing. And she's like, how do they know what they're doing? They've only killed just the one vampire. That could have been luck. So, so, on, so on the one hand, she's convinced herself that vampires are the strongest force in all the world. Nothing can kill a vampire, but she's also thinking maybe it's just luck that they're so easy to kill that it could just be luck. And he says, we take what we do very seriously, Bella. Nothing's been forgotten. Everything they need to know has been passed down from father to son for generations. So even when they're not werewolves, they still tell their sons about the werewolves so that they can carry on the legacy of the werewolves. Then why wouldn't you just tell your sons that are about to turn into werewolves that they're going to turn into a wolf before they turn into a wolf? They had led us to believe that it's this big secret. Oh, we couldn't possibly tell Quill that he's about to turn into a werewolf because I don't know why it's a big secret, but they do pass it down from generation to generation. So what is it, Billy? And she's like, oh, that doesn't comfort me because the memory of Victoria, wild cat-like lethal, was too strong in my head. Now she met Victoria once. Wasn't it just the once that she met Victoria when they were playing baseball? And Victoria was just standing there barefoot in a field. Victoria didn't even do anything in that interaction. She just stood there. And she's like, oh, the memory of Victoria, so scary. And I'm like, well, the other two guys are dead. What makes her so special? So what does she do? She goes to the beach. So she's wandering around the beach, worried just as she was earlier in this chapter. It's just repetition, repetition. Let me say that again. It's just repetition, repetition. And she says, as soon as I reached the beach, I wished I hadn't come. I'd already had enough of this place. Okay, then turn around and go back. Turn around and go back. But what does she do now? She sits down, then she's pacing around the beach, blah, 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 blah. And she's also annoyed that she didn't hear Edward's voice. She'd been counting on hearing Edward's voice. So she sees the cliff and she says, well, why don't I just go cliff jumping on my own? Which is the dumbest idea in the world. And why 
Edward's voice didn't start talking as soon as she made that decision because apparently everything hinges on a decision in these books. Why Edward didn't speak up in her head, I don't know. He waits until she gets to the very top of the cliff. Whereas realistically, he would have been like, stop, Bella, go down. Bella, stop. No, stop. Also, isn't this when Alice has a vision of Bella dying? Alice thinks that Bella kills herself or something, but like, that's not the decision. So how did you see that, Alice? I I have problems with Alice's visions, but we'll get to that when we get to that. So she's at the top of the cliff. She says she's at the very top of it. She was only going to jump off of like a lower ledge, but she couldn't find a way onto the path that led to that ledge. So she's like, oh, I might as well jump off the top of it. She's like, it, w- it would be the same even if I was with Jacob or not. Well, no, it's not. Like, why are you doing this on your own? Jacob could help you in case of the choppy conditions, which she hasn't considered. She doesn't consider that there's a bloody swell and there's all these waves until she jumps. Edward's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Please for me. And she's like talking back to it now. She's like, well, you won't stay with me any other way. And so, yeah, she jumps feet first. She didn't want to swan dive because it's too graceful and she's not graceful. So she dives feet first. And yeah, she actually liked it. She was like, this is fun. I like it. And then she gets into the water and then she's like, oh, roll. And she says, that was when the current caught me. Well, of course it did. You're, you're in the ocean. She said, I'd been so preoccupied by the size of the cliffs. I hadn't worried at all about the dark water waiting. What, what was her game plan here? She didn't think at all about what it would be like once she actually landed in the water. She is just the silliest person. She's silly. That's what she is. She's silly. She says, I never dreamed that the true menace was lurking far below me under the heaving surf. Well, maybe if you thought about it for more than two seconds, you probably would have realized that it was dangerous conditions. So then she starts drowning. and she doesn't know which way's up. She's getting pulled in every direction. She's getting battered by the current. And of course, Edward's there doing his best Dory impression, just saying, keep swimming, just keep swimming. And she's like, meh like giving up. And he says, don't you dare give up. And she's like, oh, I'm giving up. And I'm like, you know, you're talking to yourself right now. It's not actually Edward in your head. You're talking to yourself. Edward saying, fight, damn it, Bella, keep fighting. And she's like, no, I don't want to fight anymore. Then why is your subconscious telling yourself to fight if that's the case? She says, I was almost happy that it was over. This was an easier death than others I'd faced. (sighs) I mean, she does have a point, but she says, it's been oddly peaceful. And then her life's not flashing before her eyes, she says, but she does see Edward. So she's seeing him. Great. And she said it was so much more clear, so much more defined than any memory. Bitch, it is your memory. It's just your memory and your subconscious. It's never mind. So she's drowning, she's dying and she's feeling happiness, real happiness. And then she's getting dragged down into the water and she says, goodbye. I love you was my last thought. And she's dead. Yay, end of book. I hope you enjoyed our recap of New Moon and Twilight. This is the end of the Twilight Saga because she's dead. Bet you weren't expecting that, but what a happy ending for us all. She died. And I lived happily ever after. Weirdly, even though she's dead, there's still a few more chapters. So I guess I'll catch up with you guys next week and read, I don't know, her funeral or whatever. Can't wait. And I also just wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone who's been leaving ratings and reviews. I wanted to read out the review that I received from Oh Captain, My Captain this past week. They said, the perfect guilty pleasure. 
I, like so many people, read the Twilight books as well as other bestsellers that I knew weren't high literature. I seriously enjoy this podcast breaking down the ups and downs of popular books from a literary perspective, and the host has a great voice for podcasting. Highly recommend for a fun diversion amongst all the crazy in our world. Thank you, O oh Captain, my captain. I, um, I listen back to myself and I do not think I have a great voice for podcasting. I get quite shrill at times, but thank you for your kind words. And I'll see you next week. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to BreakingDownPod at gmail.com or on Twitter at PodBreakingDown and Instagram at BreakingDownBadBooks. You can visit www.BreakingDownBadBooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash BreakingDownBadBooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.